1: no purchase necessary VGW group voyeur prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply okay round 2 name something that's not boring a laundry <gasps> ooh a book club <sighs> computer solitaire huh ah <sighs> oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino <laughs>
0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast, if you're listening to this. It's about 9 a.m. Eastern time when this is being published, and it is anything but a victory Monday. It is a downright depressing Monday, or as the Bengals once said, a manic Monday. The Pittsburgh Steelers were embarrassed on their home field for the second straight week. I wouldn't even say that the week two loss to the Raiders was embarrassing. That, that game was pretty close all the way through. This game was downright embarrassing. The 24-10 defeat to the Cincinnati Bengals at home. It drops their record to 1-2. and two. Just pitiful. And we're going to talk about all of this. I've got a lot of stuff to get off my chest A lot of things about the way the fans are reacting. Is it justified? Where does this team go from here? There's so many things to discuss with this loss that this podcast could be three hours in length. It's not going to be. It can't be because it's just week three. But still, we are going to dissect this every single way that I can think. And then in the second half of the show, like we always do after a game, we are going to go through winners and losers Very similar in numerical winners and losers from last week. I believe we had three winners and seven losers in this contest from Sunday at Heinz Field. The Steelers' first AFC North action and their second overall loss. Pretty pathetic, but still. Before we get to the nuts and bolts of the podcast, I want to mention BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Look, I get it right now. If you're listening to this podcast, you are a diehard member of the Ride or Die crew, you bleed black and gold for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I respect the heck out of that. But I do want to remind everyone that I I get that you might not want to read about the Steelers. You might not want to listen to a lot of podcasts. Look, we're going to be here if you want us. I'm going to put it that way. You know, we always say like, hey, stay with us, stick with us, don't go anywhere. Here's the thing. We get paid to produce content. We just hope that the fans want to consume it. I would hope that we have developed a culture both on the website BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and our podcast platform that even after a a loss, even after a loss as deflating as the one to the Bengals on Sunday, that you would would feel connected to us, meaning the podcasters, the writers, that you want to chime in and you want to hear what they had to say. I remember as a kid and I'm talking about when I was in middle school, high school age, whether the Steelers won or lost, I always wanted to listen to Stan Saverin and Guy Junker. And I wanted to hear them take calls. And I wanted to hear what they had to say. And there were years that were just dreadful. They were horrible. But I wanted to hear them talk. I wanted to hear their thoughts. That's what I hope you have gotten from our podcast platform and from our website, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Yes, it was bad. Yes, it was ugly. But I wonder what Jeff thinks about this. I wonder what Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis, Michael Beck, it doesn't matter who. I wonder what they think about the game. Do our thoughts align? or Are they going to maybe open my eyes to something different? That's what I hope. I, I, I can't make you do anything, but that's what I hope. All right, I want to get started with this because there's a lot to get off my chest. I actually wrote notes. Most of the time after a game, I don't have to write notes. But I don't want to. There's so much stuff happening. I didn't want to get scatterbrained. I didn't want to jump around too much. I wanted to be focused. And I still might jump around, but I'm going to do the best that I can. All right, here we go. Okay, first and foremost, I want to let the fan base know you have every right to be mad. You have every right to be disappointed. Because at this juncture of the season, it is still early, the Steelers have been anything but what was advertised from the NFL draft free agency on everyone said we're going to put all this money into you know the offensive line This this draft capital like the offensive line is going to be better we have a new offensive uh, line coach we're going to be able to run the ball with this new running back everything you heard was it's going to be different and it's not and you have every right that's just one example we have every right to be frustrated and just ready to pull your hair out. And if you're like me, you don't have much hair, you just want to scream. But still, the one question I want to ask to you, the listener, wherever you're listening, whatever you're doing, stop and answer this one question. It's kind of like a flow chart. Is it really this bad for the Steelers? For instance, what we saw on Sunday at Heinz Field and what we saw at Heinz Field in Week 2 against the Raiders – are things really this bad, or is this just a rough patch? Okay? Now, I would imagine that a good 95 to 99% of Steeler fans listening to this podcast probably heard that question, and you answered it either verbally or to yourself, and you said, yes, it is that bad. I get it. I get it. So the next question in the flowchart is, Is there any hope? Is there any hope for this team with Ben Roethlisberger at the helm, whether you like it or not, to actually turn it around? To actually become competitive? And I think ultimately that's what fans want the most. They want this team to be competitive. They want to be able to watch a game on a Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday and to think, the team that I love, they've got a shot here. They might not win, but they've got a shot. I think that you can all agree with me that on Sunday, when the Bengals went up 7 to nothing, it felt like that was insurmountable at that time. And then when they put up 24 points, and even though, you know, Chris Boswell misses the field goal, all these other things transpire. You're still thinking to yourself, boy, I don't think this team could do it. I don't think this team could actually drive down the field and actually put it in the end zone. Enough times to win the game. Is there hope for this team? Or have you seen enough that you're saying it's done? It is done. It's time to take them out behind the woodshed and put them out of their misery. I don't know what can we expect from this point the, the fact is the Steelers as an organization are not going to call the NFL office tomorrow and say, "Hey Roger, this is Art Rooney the 2nd. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, tough loss. Yeah, I know. It was a tough loss the other day. Um, hey look, we wanted to call and we're just going to we're just going to uh, we're going to forfeit the rest of our games, okay? Uh, we started off 1 and 2. It's not the start that we wanted. Uh, it's not the start that we expected. You know, we thought we'd run the ball better, and, and we thought that Ben Roethlisberger would be. Maybe you have one more year left. Uh, it just isn't panning out, Raj. So, hey, just go ahead and tell everyone that plays us. Uh, they're going to go ahead and take a W on that week. We're going to finish the season 1-16 and 16 and hope we get a good draft pick next year. All right? All right, Dave, uh, if you have any questions, you can contact our office here. I'll give you the number of my secretary. Um, all right, man, I'll see you in the off season. Take it easy. Like, that's not going to happen okay and then, the Steelers still play 17 games they're one and two it's bad I understand that don't come at me with this on Twitter people have already started this well you know the Chiefs are one and two and this team's a I don't care I don't care if the Chiefs are one and two I don't care if the Raiders are 3-0 and the Bills are 2-1 and the Steelers are in the, the bottom of the AFC North because the Ravens won with the 66-yard Justin Tucker field goal, got lucky off the crossbar, and the Browns beat the Bears and the Bengals. beat. I don't care. I don't care what other teams are doing. That doesn't give me any solace, but maybe it does for some people. Oh, it's, it makes me feel so much better that other teams that had high expectations are struggling why it doesn't matter it has no bearing on the Steelers whatsoever so don't come at me with that by the way the Steelers have 14 games left to get this thing right and be competitive is there improvement possible oh my gosh in some areas that's the only thing that can happen is to improve for instance could the offensive line actually be worse I mean I guess technically they could if they literally just laid down when the ball was snapped but otherwise I think this group can only get better And I think that also the coaching can only get better. I mean, Matt Canada, my goodness, people were ready to go and hang that guy high in the streets like they did in the old West. But the fact is that this guy's only called plays in the NFL three games. There's going to be a learning curve for him too. What works in college with a quarterback that is likely one that he would really love to have. And I'm going to be honest, Ben Roethlisberger is probably not the quarterback that he would really love to have right now. It's different. It's totally different. So improvement, I think, is bound to happen. Mike Tomlin said it after the game in his post-game press conference where he said, I believe that this group, mainly the offensive line, is going to improve. They're going to get better. They're going to be able to get the job done. So improvement, that's what I think we should all expect. I'm trying to answer these questions. So if you're someone that says, yes, it's that bad. No, there's no hope. What can we expect is, you know, I think about Clubber Lang from Rocky Three, where he's, what's your prediction? Pain. Uh, is that really what we're going to expect every single week? I don't think so. But here's another thing. Should we expect change? Should we expect some type of change? And I hate to be honest here, people, if you're sitting there listening to this and you're saying the change has to be a quarterback, what in the world would have to happen barring an injury for the Steelers to look at Ben Roethlisberger, who they basically said, please come back. And Ben said he wanted to come back and he took a pay cut and all that fun stuff and come back. Let's go one more time. Let's see if we can get this done. How in the world would they ever be able to say, hey, yeah, man, it's, it's not working out. We're going to put Mason Rudolph in. It's just not going to happen. You may be listening to this thinking, that's exactly what I would do, but they're not going to do it. If you're realistic, you're not going to do it. Well, what could change? Well, what could be the change in personnel? And don't say, fire the head coach. Like, that's not going to happen either. Don't be dumb when it comes to these knee-jerk reactions. What are some realistic changes that could happen in the personnel? Well, maybe along the offensive line. We're entering week four. This is the time where... Players that were on injured reserve are now eligible to return. That doesn't mean they will, but they're eligible to return. So Anthony McFarland—he could he be a change? Maybe. He could maybe be a guy that could give Najee Harris a little bit of a break from time to time so they don't run his wheels off before the bye week. Um, you have Zach Banner coming back with core for suffering a concussion, or he's in the concussion protocol at this point. That happened during the game on Sunday uh, versus Cincinnati. Maybe Zach Banner coming back is what the offensive line needs. If he can play well and is a road grader in the running game and can pass protect, well, that, that, that could be a best case scenario. And you hope that if a core four comes back, maybe he would be able to relieve Dan Moore if Dan Moore has not been up to snuff, but that could be some change there. Uh, when you think about on the defensive side of the ball, they're trying to fill in for Tyson Alulu. Would Stefan to be able to come back and really help bolster that front that they need it. And obviously the injured players, we're talking Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt with their groin injuries, Deontay Johnson coming back from his knee, You know Kendrick Green, he left with a knee injury that has been labeled as a bone bruise. I'm not sure if he'll be back next game or not. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster now with a rib injury. They're being tested in their depth, but this also could be a, a way for personnel to kind of kind of go through the motions and see, okay, who's doing well, who plays well and things like that. So we'll see, we will see, but change has to happen at some point. It has to happen at some point, whether it's from injury or whether it is because a player is just not up to snuff, change has to happen at some point. But here's the one thing that you can't get out of your head. You can't not think about this. When you watch this, when you watch this team play football, it is, especially after Sunday, it's really obvious what the common denominator is with these issues on the offensive side of the football. And this is something that Dave Schofield, who I watched the game with, he said this. And I'm, I'm stealing it from him. So thanks to Dave for giving the idea. But he said, you think about the, like the Randy Feetner offense. Everyone said, man, he stinks, he stinks, he stinks. And they get rid of him. And they bring in Matt Canada. And now everyone thinks, man, he stinks, he stinks, he stinks. And even go back to Todd Haley, same thing. Who's the common denominator amongst all of them? It's Ben Roethlisberger. And I'm a huge Ben Roethlisberger fan. If you've been listening to my podcast for any length of time, you know that I am a Ben Roethlisberger fan. But the one thing that you have to understand is that right now, he is not playing well enough to win the Steelers games. I, I talked about this on the post game show. There used to be a time where I'd say if the defense, if the defense can just keep the opposition off of twenty points, hey, twenty or below, the offense will take care of the rest, and they'll be able to score more than twenty, and they'll win more games than you think. I, now, no, you do. You it's almost like, hey, if you get to – you're going to have to keep them off double digits. <laughs> That's what it's – sad but true. That's what it seems like. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to – if you think this offense is going to do anything. But they put all their eggs in the Ben Roethlisberger basket for 2021. And now what? Now what? Nothing. Now it's nothing. I mean, when you think about this offense, they are the one word that is the most damning word you can have for an NFL offense. And that is predictable. They are predictable. I sat there, Dave Schofield and I, on the couch. We were watching the Steelers play. He's over there. I'm watching. And I'm watching these guys come out in their formations. And I'm seeing Juju Smith-Schuster, and he's going in motion. And I know the down and distance. And I don't watch Game Pass people. I'm not one of these guys that is studying the All-22 film. like that. That's that's Kevin Smith. That's Jeffrey Benedict. That's even Dave Schofield. That's not me. Okay, I don't have time for that. All right. I've, I've got so much other stuff going on in my life. I don't have time and I'm just watching every Sunday. I don't even record the games and rewatch them. Not, not anymore. I don't have time. And so I'm able to c- tell Dave what the Steelers are going to do based on just what they do. Pre-snap up. Oh, here comes a shovel pass to Juju. <laughs> there it is up. Oh, Derek Watts on the field. Red alert, red flag. Guess what? Here you go. Derek Watts going to get the ball. And he does. It's predictable. It is predictable. The worst thing you could say about an offense is being predictable. And on defense, they're just so banged up. They're just so banged up. And so one of the things, before we take a break, one of the things that I believe now more than anything in this world is that when you're talking about any topic, not just the NFL, not just the Steelers, that has two sides that are so far apart, it doesn't matter what the topic is. The truth is likely somewhere in the middle. So you have in the Steelers fan base the people that say, blow it up, this team stinks, get rid of everybody, blah, 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 okay, and then you have the people over here that say there's still a lot of season left. Well, the truth is in the middle, and that is, no, you can't get rid of everyone, you're not going to fire the coach right now, you're not going to tell the quarterback to retire, what you're going to do is you're going to have to try to make educated guesses and changes on how you can improve the team likewise the people that say it's okay there's still a lot of the season left yeah you're right but at the same time this team is not good right now the truth is in the middle all i know is that i was watching that game and i was disgusted and i started thinking to myself man winners and losers i gotta do this yeah i'm gonna do it right after this break stay tuned Alright, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the Second Segment. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host, senior editor behind the SteelCurtain.com. You know what it's like after every single game the Steelers play the day after I do my winners and losers. In this case, there were three winners and seven losers. And we're gonna get through this as quick as we can to kind of truncate this list. I decided, you know, when you get to the, when we get to the loser side of the docket, I really tried to be creative. With how I listed these losers, I could have had three winners and 17 losers, but I didn't want to do that. No one wants to read that. No one wants to hear that. So I decided with three and seven, you'll find out what I do, but let's start with the winners. You can't go anywhere than Najee Harris. Number one, his stat line was as follows in the running game. He had 14 carries for 40 yards in the receiving game. That's where he did most of his damage. 14 catches on 19 targets for 102 yards receiving. I didn't know this at the time, but Najee Harris set a Steelers record for most receptions by a rookie in a single game. And he was close, I think only by three receptions to setting the Steelers record for most catches in a game. I believe that's currently held by Antonio Brown or Juju Smith-Schuster, one or the other. Now I understand that the Najee Harris at the very end of the game, he dropped three consecutive passes and it was a horrible way to end the game for him. He played a great game. And if you watch the game, we're going to talk about the penalties later. Najee Harris broke off so many big runs that got called back. And it was just, it was that one glimmer of light in a really bad game. He was that one glimmer of hope that, wow, like, it might be bad right now, but they've got themselves a really good player because he is a really good player, and he's a player that if they can just continue on this path, finding ways, to, creative ways to get in the football, you, you see it. Everyone sees it with their own two eyes. Give him the ball in space. Let him make plays. That's what it's, it's, what it's all about, and that's why Najee Harris is a winner. He's only going to get better, folks. So if you bought a 22 jersey, it's a good investment. The next winner is another rookie, Pat Fryermuth. His stat line isn't incredible. He had three catches for 22 yards, and he had five targets, but he did hit pay dirt. He had one touchdown. His first touchdown as a professional, so kudos to Pat Fryermuth. I don't know if y'all realize this or not. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I, I don't think you have to check the actual depth chart. This kid is the number one tight end for the Steelers right now. It's not Eric Ebron. It's Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth is the one that's getting more snaps. He's being utilized more, and rightfully so. Ebron had two drops uh, on two targets. He is quickly being phased out of the offense, and it makes you kind of wonder why they still are have keeping him around. Nonetheless, that has nothing to do with Fryermuth playing well. He's playing great football. He is definitely exceeding expectations, at least in my mind, as a rookie. So Pat Fryermuth for sure, is a winner. Last winner terrell edmonds yeah terrell edmonds did have the interception but i even thought to myself is this guy like deserved to be on the winner's list well i talked to dave and he said check his stat line well here's what it was five total tackles two solo he had one tackle for loss the steelers only had two on the day he had one of them he had one pass defense and he said like i said he had that interception edmonds was a bright spot he has become a very reliable defender and right now, that's what the Steelers need: is more reliable defenders. He's also very durable. He's always he's always available. And at this day, sta- at this stage with the Steelers' defense, your best ability is your availability. So those are it. That, that's all the winners there: Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, and Terrell Edmonds. You might be sitting there thinking, ah, I think this guy could be one." I don't know. That's who I have. Let's go over to the loser side of the docket now. I'm looking at. First and foremost, his first time making this article, this podcast, this list, Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger finds his way on the loser's list. Shouldn't be a shock to anyone. He finished 38 of 58, threw the ball 58 times, 318 yards. He had one touchdown, two interceptions, was sacked four times, and he had a 70.9 rating. Ben Roethlisberger didn't play a good game. There's no way around it. And honestly, if you listen to his press press conference, he's going to be talking about, oh, could have been done done this better, could have done that better. He just needs to be better. The the interceptions, the first one, you know, his hand was hit as he's throwing. You kind of say, okay, I get it. The second one was just absolutely mind numbingly bad. I would go to say that that might have been. One of the worst interceptions of Ben Roethlisberger's career. And I can say, folks, with 100% honesty, I have never missed one of his games since he was drafted in 2004. Not one. And that was one of the worst interceptions he has ever thrown in his career, in my opinion. But Ben Roethlisberger has fans questioning, is he still capable of winning football games for your team. And that doesn't mean like week one, they won the game. It means you need the offense to rise up. You need the quarterback to go out there and win you a game. Can he still do that right now? Everyone's questioning it. It's up to him to show it hasn't done it yet. We'll put it that way. Next loser, Chris Boswell. He was one for two on field goals and he missed at a range. I think it was a somewhere between 42 and 46 yards. That he missed the kick. And a lot of people will say, Jeff, you know he's had a good season. I get that. This is for this game. For this game. This isn't a season-long winners and losers. This is a one-game thing. And in this game, the Steelers were struggling to put points on the board. Heck, they were struggling to just get into field goal range. When they get there, you cannot miss. You just can't. Especially when you're in the 40 yard the 39 to 49 yard range. That has to be a made kick. And Chris Boswell's had a great season. He has had an absolutely great season, but you know what? You have you can't leave points on the board. That's how I'm going to put it. Can't leave points on the board. The next loser, the Steelers pass protection. Again, they gave up four sacks, and that's bad. Some of those, though, were on Roethlisberger, holding onto the ball too long, not willing to throw it away. But they also gave up seven quarterback hits. This is coming off of a game where they gave up 10 to the Raiders. They gave up seven to the Bengals. It's just not good enough. It's just not good enough. And the sad thing is, is that unless Zach Banner comes back and completely changes the way the offensive line looks and feels when you watch them on the screen, you just don't see it getting any better. In which case, fans would say, ah, Ben Roethlisberger stinks, get him out of there. You might get your wish if the Steelers' offensive line keeps this up. Because he'll get hurt. He'll get hurt. He's already banged up with the pectoral injury. He'll get hurt, and then all of a sudden, yes, you'll have other quarterbacks getting their shot. But the pass protection needs to improve, or this team's not going anywhere. For the third straight week, I have the third down offense on the loser's list. Listen to this stat line, 9 for 19 on third downs. I'll say that again, nine for 19. It's just one of those situations where all I ask is 500 or above. That's all you got to do, 500 or above. And it just seems like for some reason, this offense can't get it done. When it comes down to those downs and distances, those crucial possession downs, they just struggle so much. It's a situational, it's football. Let me put it this way. Football is a situational game. You have to win in certain situations and the Steelers aren't winning when it matters most on third downs. The next are the penalties. My goodness, the penalties, the penalties on the Steelers. They had 10 accepted penalties. That doesn't count a penalty that might've been called that was declined 10 penalties for 73 yards. And to be honest with you, the Bengals were also highly penalized. Uh, the Bengals had 10 penalties for 89 yards. And so they might say, oh, well, what well, are you were complaining about? It was when the penalties occurred. Like I said, Najee Harris had at least three big runs. I'm talking 10 plus yards, splash plays, get some momentum going, called back by penalties. Whether the penalties were legit or not, I'll talk about that in a second. But ultimately, the Steelers can't be putting themselves in positions where they are going to be pushed back. Like the offensive pass interference calls, it just it kills a drive. This offense isn't good enough to go out there and get third, like first and ten, let alone first and twenty. They have to clean it up. And this starts with the coach. This starts with the coaching staff, coaching them up the right way. That's what this falls down on for me. All right, we have two more. The next loser is that the sack streak ended at 75 games and also the pass rush. You want to hear an interesting statistic? Here's a good stat line for you. Not only did the Steelers not have any sacks against the Bengals and Joe Burrow, they also had zero quarterback hits on the former LSU quarterback. Zero QB hits. So TJ Watt wasn't there. Highsmith wasn't there. They were relying on Ingram and Jameer Jones, and it just wasn't good enough and I can't blame the Steelers here. You never sit there and think, well, we might have to prepare for a time when our top two pass rushers are not even available at the same time in the same game. They did the best they could. I was more disappointed that the defensive front, Cam Hayward, heck, even Henry Mondo has shown a motor that can get in the backfield. Chris Wormley just looks like a space eater. Uh, it's just they just aren't good enough. So for me, they're definitely on the pass rush and the sack streak getting is definitely on the losers list. The last one is the officiating. Their stat line is simple. They must've been watching a different game. There were some calls, whether it was offensive pass interference, some of the holding calls, mainly one, two on Kevin Dotson that made me absolutely. I looked at Dave and said, is it, you think that's a penalty? And he said, Oh my gosh, no, it's not even close. And then when Trent Green, of all people, Trent Green, my goodness, Trent Green typically hates the Steelers, Lord knows why. But he even was saying, Boy, that's bad. I don't know if I'd call that. The officiating in this game was atrocious. The roughing the passer call that was called uh, against, uh, I think it was Melvin Ingram on Joe Burrow was just a laugh. It was a laugher. You know, it's one of those calls where you're like, Are you serious? Are you really calling this? But they did. And so the officiating, it was that bad. I put them on the losers list. And here's my losers in case you lost track. Ben Roethlisberger, Chris Boswell, the pass protection, the third down offense, penalties, the sack streak ending slash the pass rush, and the officiating. That's my losers list. You know, the funny thing is, is that when the game's over, my my family was actually gone. They were at a birthday party. And my wife knows I'm not going on a Sunday. Uh, I can't. My job is to watch the game and to, to write about it talk about it, records, you know, all that stuff. And I got to be honest, like, this was one of the first times where the Steelers, I, I found myself looking at the game, like feeling totally disinterested. And I had people on Twitter saying, I took a nap during the game. I've never done that. I I, I am a huge golfer. You know that if you listen to my podcast uh, and the Ryder Cup was on this weekend. And I found myself when the game was over, I didn't miss a play of the Steelers game saying, I missed the I missed the last day of the Ryder Cup for this. Really? I mean, this the Ryder Cup's a different event. If you don't know, it's every two years, and it's USA versus the European team. And um, I would that's my favorite event. That's not a yearly event, but I would take the only thing I would take over the Ryder Cup is Steelers football. I would watch the Ryder Cup over hockey, baseball, basketball, college sports. Doesn't matter. That's how much I love the Ryder Cup. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, I missed the Ryder Cup for this. This is a joke. But it is what it is. Like the Steelers, I'm I'm trying to leave people with some type of positivity. There is no positivity to this on on this Monday. There really isn't. This is a this is a time for the Steelers organization to kind of look themselves in the eyes and to look themselves in the mirror as well and say, it's gut check time. Like it's gut check time. I said this last week, it's put up or shut up time. Well, now it's even more. So your backs are against the wall. You go to Lambeau field in week four to play the Packers. You better bring your a game or Aaron Rodgers is going to carve you up. And I'm sure the Steelers also looked at someone like TJ Watt and said, look, man, I know that you want to play. And if it was a playoff game, you probably could play, but we're going to need you for the long haul. And we're going to need you next week. If the Steelers win in green Bay, find a way who knows, who knows? I know it sounds crazy. Find a way. Then all is right with the world. They're coming back to Pittsburgh to play the Denver Broncos, who all of a sudden are 3-0. But still, there's a lot of paper left, as they say in golf. There's a lot of paper left, and they got to just one, win at t- one game at a time. Just one game at a time. All right, so here's here's the deal. You know the drill. On on Tuesday, follow me on Twitter at Jay Hartman H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. You can when i put out a tweet now hey i had people say jeff you didn't answer my question on the mailbag you have to wait for the tweet if you just message me a question i'm not going to answer it on the mailbag segment when i put out the tweet you'll see a shooter mcgavin gif you put the question below that that tweet you don't do it you dare your question doesn't go on the show it's that simple so when i put out the tweet let me know your question i'll be glad to answer i'm sure there's going to be a ton of questions this week and we're going to learn a lot about injuries things like that this week. So make sure you're paying attention to behind the your podcast platform, wherever you listen, subscribe, follow, just search Steelers behind the steel curtain. You just don't want to miss a thing. Things are bad, but I feel like brighter days are ahead one way or the other. All right, folks, you know how I ended here. Be safe, be kind and God bless. Have a great day. We'll do, we'll get through this together. All right, go see it.
1: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. J-j-jumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. Eighteen plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.